Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Who was not shirtless at the U.S. National Soccer Game tonight. <laughs> and U Street. Hey y'all. Well, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, what made us laugh this week? Um, everything related for me, I'm going to just go with everything related to the men's national team game. It should not be being played or now finished uh, in uh, at uh, Alliance. Uh, what am I suddenly blanking on the name of that? Allianz. Okay, whatever. Uh, stadium. Um, it, it's too damn cold. But they played it there anyway. And... Frankly, it looked like a good time, actually. The the U.S. jumped on Honduras early, and so we got to laugh at shirtless Minnesotans. We got to just, I mean, there was a point where uh, uh, Ben Dawson, white speed receiver, who was in attendance, uh, God bless and good luck to your extremities, uh, was put up, put up a tweet with the video of the um, men's national team goalie, uh, who, because towards the end of the match, uh, all the play was down on the Honduras end, uh, was forced to jog back and forth in front of the goal because if he, you know, kind of hung out like they normally would, uh, he'd lose feeling in his, in his extremities, which is bad. So that, yeah, everything around that, I'm glad it turned out with a nice, easy win, uh, but oh goodness, the 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 national media who were coming in were 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 a sight to see. Uh, Andy, what what made you laugh this week? I mean, for me, it's got to be the uh, gong show that is the uh, Minnesota Vikings coaching search. The drama of uh, will Jim Harbaugh be the guy? To Jim Harbaugh is going to be the guy? To Jim Harbaugh rejected us? To did the Vikings reject him to just watching the, the hardcore members of the uh, both Michigan and Vikings fan bases both go from elation to frustration to iration in a span of about 36 hours. It, uh, it, it's good uh, for those who are listening to this in the future and haven't paid attention. Uh, the Vikings apparently interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh thought he was going to get the job, came in and interviewed as such. Basically, this is why you're going to hire me. Uh, the Vikings decided not to hire him. Harbaugh just put out a statement saying he's going back to Michigan. Uh, and Viking fans are either thrilled or mad or sad or a whole combination of feelings in a, in a matter of hours online, which have been interesting to follow. And uh, instead, the uh, the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, who uh, I've seen several female fans are, are happy that he's getting the job as, as the swooning has begun. Um, and the fact that the, uh, the Vikings head coach is now going to be six years younger than P.J. Fleck, which has also got some people up. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, good, good for him. Hopefully he does well. Uh, but uh, God bless the drama. The drama is, is delicious. Street, uh, what has tickled your funny bone this week? I don't really know if anything topped the two things that, that you mentioned. I would say the silliness that was Chris Beard's return to Lubbock was pretty amusing. Yes, and that was going to be my other one. So I, I thought that was kind of funny. I also thought in particular what was funny about it was, you know, when when someone's lost their relationship, like they were definitely the one who got dumped, but they act like they were the one who dumped them. Sensed a lot of that vibe 
from Texas Tech and found that very funny. Yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, the students were camped out like a week in advance to get to swear at Chris Beard. <laughs> there was a, a video that was put on Twitter that was sort of taking like, look how amazing our fans were. It was some some song that the student section and maybe some other people sort of go side to side, you know, put link shoulder to shoulder kind of arm thing and do, I'm not going to say the least amount of effort you could do to like move to something, but not much more than the least amount of effort. And it was kind of like, I don't know. Do you ever go by those restaurants that have, you know, here's our food in the window and you're sort of like, maybe you shouldn't have put the food in the window. I'm now less likely to eat at your restaurant. <laughs> That's sort of what I felt watching a lot of these. Like, look how amazing this is. <sighs> also, I guess, I guess also, also Lubbock. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Don't put the food in the window. <sighs> Street. Well played. All right. Well, we actually have some football because, you know, it's National Signing Day, but not that anybody new really signed in. Uh, we do just have some some Cruton and some Portal, though. Uh, the Cruton is all in the 2023 class, and it's offensive lineman-based, which is, uh, I think, you know, we are a fan of gigantic humans here at the Daily Gopher. Two uh, of the, the three of us on this podcast. And then me, the short, tiny guy, in comparison. You know, I would actually really like to see you, like, stand next to Daniel Fulele. You know, you know, really, like on really IMAXs, badly. back in the day, I don't know, this is a Minnesota-based podcast, so I'm sure everyone went to the IMAX at the Minnesota Zoo, and if you didn't, you missed out. You should still go. There's still one there. It's awesome. And they'd get the ones where it was the the super wide, like with 70 millimeters, so that the screen actually like comes down. You kind of lean back. On that sure. camera, I am still not visible next to Daniel Falalele. <laughs> uh, Andy, uh, talk talk me through uh, your thoughts on uh, the the portal acquisition of a, a new kicker and the uh, O line recruit. Yeah, well, we'll start with the O-line recruiting. Uh, as we said, National Signing Day was today. Uh, the Gophers didn't add any uh, new 2022 uh, high school recruits, uh, just just continuing to transfer. Uh, but they did, in the last 36 hours, sign two 2023 recruits, uh, and both big offensive linemen from Minnesota. Uh, the first one, uh, Reese Tripp from Cass and Manterville, which is uh, basically a Rochester suburb. Um, he, uh, got his offer at uh, junior day, Minnesota held a junior day on Saturday and accepted it pretty much right away. Uh, also had an offer from Iowa state and, uh, and he's a big boy. Uh, remember he's a high school junior currently, uh, six, seven, three fifteen is what he clocks in at. And apparently that's after he's already lost 40 some pounds this year. Um, so he, he, he can hold his weight and he's large, um, you know, he hasn't quite gotten the uh, the attention yet, hasn't really gotten a, a rating, um, but he, he does, um, you know, look a powerful, strong run blocker, and as he as he loses some more weight and gets gets a better uh, 
college body. The footwork hopefully will come around, and, and he'll be a, a potential uh, tackle answer for the Gophers on the outside. The one that everybody's really excited about uh, earlier today on Wednesday, the Gophers got uh, Jerome Williams from Osseo High School, uh, another offensive lineman. Uh, 6'4", 285. Uh, he's the number two rated prospect in the class uh, for the state of Minnesota 2023. Uh, the only one higher is, um, I'm blanking on his name now, but he's the, the kid from Robbinsdale Cooper, um, who also has been uh, you know sending some good vibes out, uh, Minnesota-related on on social media lately, which is good. But Williams, uh, apparently it sounds like um, he may uh, move inside, and and it sounds like uh, he may even be a potential center candidate for the Gophers after JMS leaves after next season. Um, gets off the ball quickly, has a good pad level. You know, really is a is a good prospect. So, uh, Minnesota striking early with the big boys here in state, uh, and hopefully uh, that will continue. Uh, they can get a couple more big uh, Minnesota recruits committed here in the next little bit and uh, work on their 2023 class. Yeah, that would be nice. It gets kind of a, a fleck thing, try to land a, a bunch early and then go hunting for, you know, ways to fill out those last needs as this year progresses. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. Um, thoughts on a kicker? Yeah, uh, they did. Uh, they did get one more transfer. Uh, Jacob Lewis, who is ball States kicker, uh, went into the portal and ended up uh, signing with the Gophers. Um, he's got three years of eligibility left, was uh, five for five and over 45 yards last season for, for Ball State, so that's nice. Um, he's coming in on a preferred walk-on right now, and uh, basically it sounds like pretty much all the thought is is that um, he'll be a PWO in the backup to uh, Matthew Trickett this year and uh, has a good chance to, to take the Trickett scholarship spot and be the uh, gopher starting kicker for the next two seasons after that. So, um, you know, a, a, another good leg for, for Minnesota, and he'll uh, hopefully come in and uh, and give a good showing here this year. Uh, and potentially, you know, we may see him as the, uh, as the long field goal kicker, obviously, as he has a bit stronger leg than, than Trickett, supposedly. Um, but Hopefully he'll get himself prepared and, and he can take over the job here in, in 2023. All right, transitioning, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring us to women's hockey because the women with a split over Ohio State on the weekend have positioned themselves nicely uh, to, you know, really set up for a potential regular season title. They're currently second to Wisconsin, um, although just by the sliverous, tiny sliver of a fraction of a percent in the percent points uh, uh, standings for the conference this year. Um, you know, Andy, let's start with a quick recap of the weekend, but then I want to talk about, uh, get, get some takes from you, on get them on audio for, for what you think is going to happen with the conference and NCAA seeding. Yeah, no, uh, the Gophers, like I said, uh, they, you know, after after taking a sweep from Wisconsin, uh, they headed into Columbus and, and they had to show whether they were for real or whether it was just uh, Wisconsin was uh, the team that Minnesota had success against. Uh, and, and they did that. Uh, the Gophers dropped uh, Friday night's game 2-1 in overtime, a um, couple of uh, late goals and an unfortunate overtime loss, but they came back and picked up a 5-3 win 
on Saturday, taking four out of six points from the Buckeyes, which is huge. Uh, as we said, the WCHA is using total points percentage uh, to determine who's going to win the regular season title as, as basically teams are going to play an uneven number of games. Wisconsin and Ohio State specifically are going to play uh, one less game than uh, the Minnesota and UMD as it is right now. Um, but yeah, Minnesota got a big uh, 5-3 win. Uh, Mikhail Paul was uh, really good in net for the Gophers yet again, um, as was as was Lauren Bench. Um, so the Gophers are going with that goalie rotation, and it's it's been working out for them. Um, you know, so far down the, the last couple of weeks as we've uh, we've come down the stretch, uh, Paul picked up uh, the win on Saturday. Bench played well in the two-one uh, OT loss on Friday as well. So, but as we said, the Gophers currently sit uh, number two in the WCHA by just mere percentage points. Uh, Wisconsin just has a hair of a lead over the Gophers, um, but the schedule really firms up well for the Gophers. There's three weekends left in the regular season. Minnesota hosts Bemidji State this weekend at Ritter Arena, and they have a home-and-home against St. Cloud and a home-home against St. Thomas. St. Cloud and St. Thomas are not good. Um, They are the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the conference, although St. Cloud State has a goalie, Emma Pelusny, who can steal a game. She actually uh, got a tie against Wisconsin in a makeup game this past Monday. Uh, Monday, uh, Wisconsin ended up winning in the shootout, which was an the two points was enough to take the uh, the points percentage lead over the Gophers. Um, but Minnesota easily should be able to go, if they play up to their potential, 6-0 down the stretch, which should get them a uh, WCHA regular season title. Uh, the biggest trick is that uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin will play each other the final week of the regular season. Um, and you would expect that probably won't be a, a sweep for either team. I suppose it's possible, but... Uh, but as long as as the Gophers can take care of business here and get uh, and get their 18 total points over the next three weeks, they should uh, they should end up with a regular season title. Uh, by virtue of their win over Ohio State, win and a tie for pairwise purposes, um, the Gophers are currently number one in the in the women's pairwise, um, which is nice. Uh, Northeastern, who was previously top three, lost to uh, Boston College in the women's bean pot Tuesday night. So don't be surprised uh, that it'll be one, two, three, four, WCHA, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Minnesota, Duluth, when the new poll comes out next week, assuming uh, the Gophers and Buckeyes and Badgers take care of business this weekend. Um, and in the pairwise, I mean, the, it's it's fairly obvious that the West is is sitting in a really good position again, and. Uh, with the with the NCAA field expanding to 11 teams this year, uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that will work out. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly the format. I do believe that the, the top couple of teams will end up getting basically a first-round bye. So Minnesota definitely in contention for that. Um, but as we said, you know, even after the, the last three weeks of the regular season, they've got a lot to do in the uh, WCHA tournament. Um, they'll have, you know, a series against another bottom feeder team in the first round, which they should easily advance. And then the final faceoff of it ends up being Gophers, Bulldogs, Buckeyes, and Badgers. It could be anybody's game in that one. And those games really could come down to determine who's going to end up getting uh, top billing when it comes to NCAA seeding. So uh, good things ahead for the Gophers. They just need to take care of business, but uh, 
yeah, we went from sort of being down on this team to uh, they found that second gear that they haven't been able to show all all year the last couple of weeks and really are sitting in uh, in pretty good position as we come down the stretch. All right, you you did a great job of laying out the possibilities. I want to put you on record right now. Do they win the WCHA regular season? I think they will. I I do think uh I do think with Bemidji State if it, if they had had to go up to Bemidji I'd be a little more cautious, but I do think Bemidji State at home and I don't think they'll drop any any points to either St. Cloud or St. Thomas. So I do think the Gophers will go 6 and 0 down the stretch here and they will bring home the regular season crown. Um I, I do think Ohio State and Wisconsin playing each other the last week of the season. They're, they're, neither one of those teams, I think, will take the full six points, and I think that should be enough to uh, have the Gophers get the crown. I was going to ask you to, you know, an NCAA seeding question, really, but I think we wait till maybe just before the WCHA tournament. That's it's a little hard to put you, make you, you know, uh, crystal ball it this far out. So I'm giving you a giving you a break there yeah at, at this point like i said i mean they're they're sitting in a good position that the the absolute lowest i could see them dropping right now is a three or a four um but they're, they're pretty much guaranteed a top four seed unless they'd really start losing some games that they shouldn't which i really don't see happening so uh they're they're confidently in the tournament no matter what it'll just be a matter of uh seeing who else from the east is going to try and sneak in to those last few spots as we get as you said as we get closer to the end of the season all right, um, the men split. I mean, a split against Notre Dame. That's I mean, that's what they had to have. At this point, I mean, any realistic shot of of contending in the Big Ten down the stretch? Um, I mean, I think at this point, probably not. They they would have to go on a a pretty epic tear. Um, you know, Michigan took advantage. Uh, last week uh and and bumped a bit higher than the gophers uh they still obviously have two games in hand on minnesota uh but michigan sits michigan sits in first place with 38 points ohio state right behind at 37 uh and the gophers bumped their lead up above notre dame to five they're comfortably in third place with 31 points um you know the biggest problem for minnesota is they need to take care of business the next three weeks. Uh, Michigan State coming to town this weekend in a basically a much must sweep series, uh, and then they go to Ohio State next weekend and to Penn State the week after that. But they are missing their top two scorers and their best defensemen, arguably uh, Ben Myers, uh, Matthew Nyes, and Brock Faber all off to Beijing to play for the uh, U.S. Men's Olympic team here in the next week or so. So. What's Minnesota going to do? I mean, can they can they find other people to put the puck in the net? Considering they, I mean, honestly, they really have it. At time, the nine line of, of Nyes, Myers, and, and Lucius has been the only line out there that's been able to score. Uh, Sammy Walker and, and Blake McLaughlin have had times, but they gave up the uh, horrible overtime game winner uh, in Saturday night against at Notre Dame by making just a horrible three and three play and, and leaving the Gophers hung out to dry for the eventual game winning goal for the Irish. So, you know, that's not really what you want from your senior leadership right now. Um, so what will Minnesota do? Will they, will they band together and find, find a way to 
you know, come up with five out of six wins the next three weeks, which will give them a legitimate shot? Or are they going to sort of cruise along like they've gone and, and, you know, go three and three or four and two down the stretch, which isn't going to be enough? Um, We'll find out. The Gophers currently sit, I believe, 10th in the pairwise. Um, and they just need to basically avoid being swept. Um, you know, with, with Michigan State and Penn State way down the list, uh, you know, a, a, a split isn't going to do too much damage. Uh, you might drop a spot to 11 or, or 12 or something like that. The Ohio State series is uh, is going to be key. Uh, the Buckeyes definitely in NCAA contention. I believe they're one spot ahead of the Gophers right now in the pairwise. Uh, so that series, you can circle that one. It's going to be massive for Minnesota. Uh, the major disadvantage for the Gophers have is they'll be missing three players, and Ohio State won't be missing anybody. They'll have their full roster uh, next weekend in Columbus. So, um, yeah, they're they're going to have to play out. Uh, Justin Close is going to have to continue to play decently well. He's not been amazing, but he's definitely been serviceable. Uh, the Gophers just need to find a way to put the puck in the net, and with their top two scorers gone, can they do that? That's a question that will, I mean, we'll get some answers this weekend for sure. Well, what we'll also get some answers to is uh, how ha- how are the Gophers who are in the Olympics faring? Um, Andy put together a nice little preview on the blog. Definitely give that a read. Uh, Andy, I'm just most interested in what of the upcoming opportunities to watch Minnesota uh, Gophers, either you know current uh, active uh, students or or alums. What uh, stands out for you as the the thing you're most excited to see? Well, I mean, I think the biggest one is going to be, uh, you know, and the one that has arguably the most pressure on them is going to be the, uh, the U.S. women's hockey team. Uh, we've got eight members uh, of that team, six Gopher alumna, and two current players uh, on that roster, all who will see plenty of playing time uh, for the U.S. women. You know, obviously they're coming off of a gold medal in 2018. Uh, Canada definitely out for revenge. Uh, in sort of the preseason sort of warm-up camp as we we're getting to, Canada's won the last few games against the U.S. They haven't quite uh, been able to uh, to look as good as they may want to, but we'll get a good look as they start play. Uh, as we said, we're recording this Wednesday night. The U.S. opens play uh, 6 a.m. Thursday morning uh, when they play Finland. I have one word for you. Stickers. You need stickers from Homefield Apparel. I have recently purchased uh, basically their entire supply, or at least their entire line of stickers. There's a fantastic Tulane Green Wave. They now have a Slippery Rock University, Rocky the Rock, in some sort of fur coat with a pennant. Go to homefieldapparel.com to check it out. You're going to love these stickers. And of course, there's all the comfortable fantastic apparel uh, also gave some of that for christmas to my family and uh if you want to ring in the new year with some comfortable sweatshirts homefieldapparel.com is the place to go make sure to use code daily gopher at checkout for 15 percent off your first order that's homefieldapparel.com code daily gopher street i'm interested in knowing what is your favorite Winter Olympic event? Going to be completely honest, I forgot the Winter Olympics were happening. So, let's see. Historically, I think curling is funny. 
I like the amusing sports. My big problem historically with the Winter Olympics as a casual fan observer is I don't think the commentary is very good. It's actually a complaint I have about the Olympics generally. So I think it is simultaneously, I don't think really geared for people who know a lot about sports, like figure skating, for example. I know there are people who regularly watch figure skating. I'm not one of them, but I know that's a, a constant thing. And I think for those people, I don't think the commentary is very good. And for sort of casual beginner fans like me, I don't think it's very good either. It's something that's kind of baffling to me that, especially at least in America, is it NBC? Does NBC still own this one? Yes. They were, are they shipping Tariko like back and forth? Is that the thing? I don't know. They may have like launched him into space to like perpetually broadcast from a satellite at this point gotcha well anyway they spend you know billions of dollars and then have really awful commentary so if i had to pick a if i had to pick a sort of indoor sport i think curling and then speed skating because i under curling's hilarious even though i don't really understand ice shuffleboard and speed skating is easy <laughs> enough for me to understand and then outside I think anything where a human being goes very fast and goes high in the air. So I guess ski jumping, if that's still in the Olympics. <laughs> and moguls and most of the snowboard events. Yeah, but I think especially ski jumping because they're – I know there – to be clear, I know there's a bunch of skill and technique involved, but frankly, that sport feels like a bunch of drunk people came up with it as an idea and then it stuck. And I'm here for that. That's why why I enjoy golf. <laughs> uh, all right. So the men played Purdue tonight. I, I don't know. If there's a lot that we can say about this one. I, I'm going to try to summarize uh, Street, and I want you to tell me if you feel this is an adequate summary. Purdue is better than Minnesota. Purdue played like a team that is better than Minnesota, and thus Purdue beat Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that's that's more or less the case. The Gophers brought it back in the second half to under 10 points, so at about the, oh, where were we at? Around the under, sort of 12, 12 to 11 mark. Got it as close as, close as they were ever going to get it. Up part, of course, from the beginning of the game, but frankly, this was a matchup that even if Minnesota was a much more talented team than they actually are, it would be a nightmarish matchup for Minnesota in that Purdue is A, incredibly good at basketball this year, B, has a fantastic point guard in Jaden Ivey, who hopefully will go get paid lots of money next year so Minnesota doesn't have to see him again, but also has a really big guy always down low in the post and then surrounds that big guy with a bunch of shooters so minnesota at a size disadvantage cannot really help or dig into the post without risking giving up an open three and purdue will hit the vast majority of them in fact both teams shot the ball from distance quite well as part of the only reason why minnesota was even realistically in this game Prior to the game this morning, when talking with another member of the blog, Terry at Zips of Akron, we were chatting what we thought this game would look like, and I said, if the Gophers kept this game within six possessions, I would call it a win. And therefore, Minnesota won tonight against Purdue, because they did in fact do that. But no, there was no realistic way that I thought Minnesota was winning this game. They did not. Similarly unfortunate over the weekend, the loss to... 
uh, Ohio State, which I think was of a, a similar vein. And then, of course, the loss to Wisconsin. The loss to Wisconsin, I think, is the one that in some sense probably hurts the most because it was the one they were, were closest in. And, of course, it's Wisconsin. But I think we're seeing at this particular stretch what I mentioned before the conference began, which is Minnesota has will compete in every game. They did so in all the games we're watching. But when you keep talking about like how competitive a team is and how they never quit – no one really says that about Baylor. <laughs> no one's like, oh man, Baylor's competing really hard. They're saying Baylor wins. And I think that is a, is a good description of where Minnesota is at, that we're looking and being happy that they're competing because we can't really talk about them winning. Well, it's better than talking about uh, the women barely beating Wisconsin. It is never a bad previously... time to talk about beating Wisconsin. Well, sure, but they won by two, which, given what we've noted about the Wisconsin uh, women's basketball team in the past, they is, suck. They're not great. It's not great to only beat them by two. No, no. Um, and to to be to be somewhat fair to the University of Minnesota women's basketball program, the game was not that close. I mean, it it was much too close, of course. But the game the game was not actually a, a two point game for which Wisconsin actually had a chance to tie or win it at the end. I think realistically, the Gophers were actually probably two or three possessions better. But Wisconsin is a very bad basketball team. Then again, this year so are the Gopher women. So there you are. I think that it was a game that they needed to have, not just from a general sense. Wisconsin's a very bad basketball team. If you have any possible sniff of any postseason tournament, you need to sweep Wisconsin, that kind of thing. But also, a tumultuous week, of course, the transfer out of Jasmine Powell. So that means that Minnesota is kind of shuffling players around. Unfortunately, Alexia Smith hasn't been seen as someone who can just take over at the starting point guard position. So Sarah Scalia has more or less been playing that most of the season as well. She's been in spot duty, but she's very clearly was put into that place. Sarah Scalia is a very good basketball player. She's clearly Minnesota's best basketball player, but she is at her best when she is able to catch and shoot and not have to also be a distributor and a bunch of other things. So playing some players out of position. However, I think without making too big of a deal about a team that is still sitting very much in the bottom third of the Big Ten, that it would definitely be possible to have that kind of week, have a transfer that's a maybe expected within the program, but certainly not expected outside of the program, and losing a major piece of your team, and then go out and just completely fold against any team, much less a bad team. So again, small positives. And, you know, we can... Start the countdown till the highly rated recruiting class comes in and hope that uh, they salvage the whole thing. Yeah, I it's it's the thing that's always true. In when in the in the pros, it's sort of like tanking is great, unless apparently you're you're Miami. That this is very much a, a looking forward and saying, all right, this team for the women talking about, and by the way, this is also true for the men. For both of them. Yeah, this these teams are not great. They have positives or weaknesses. Of course, Whalen has been a coach much longer than, than Ben Johnson has, so you might have some other kind of general worries about the program. However, 
it turns out that the best way to be a lot better at basketball is to get a lot better players. And at least on the horizon, on paper, that seems to be true for both teams. Well, uh, it was just announced that some Honduran players got hypothermia in the soccer match, which is less funny than the other things. And also a reminder that, you know, wear winter clothes, folks. Uh, if it's cold to you, you can get hypothermia. That's a real, you know, for all the Minnesotans listening, uh, you know, a, a surprising end to this to, for us to warn you that cold is cold. But uh, you can look forward to insights like that on the next edition of the Sky U podcast. In the meantime, go Gophers. Sky U Ma, row the boat.